0: All right, guys, we are super excited to be with you. Welcome to your favorite podcast. I'm your mother's favorite American, Showtime yeah. Showber, and we do have the legendary King Zelly on the other line coming to us live from Chicago. So we're really excited to get into this. King Zelie uh, just brought back out to us from the inside, eight years of doing time, and he's really excited to kind of tell us a story about how he ended up there. Um, not the most fair of ways, aspiring musician, Living out of uh, Chicago, into this new crazy world that we're living in, in 2020. So, King Zelly, it's great to have you, man. Thanks for having me, man. You already know I'm rocking with my boy Showtime, Shuba, the hardest way. Yeah, so, uh, man, we're really excited to have you, but we were just talking about this right before we started the podcast, is after eight years of not being out of society and, and coming out and seeing the, the technology that we have now, it's got to be kind of mind-blowing, huh?
1: Man, this stuff just wowing me, mean, man. It's like technology moving so fast. I think we are gonna have them future cars quick. Tesla
0: already trying to take over. Yeah, got those all electric cars and everything going on. Cars drive itself. They say you could be like sitting in a in a in a car. You ain't even got to touch the steering wheel. It's driving you to the destination or something. We're living in the future, man. Man, it's crazy. So, uh, King, let's take it all the way back to the start. Let's take it all the way from childhood. All right, All right, tell us a little bit where you grew up, brothers and sisters, what your guys' life was like, where at, stuff like that. Let's get a little bit into the into the roots here.
1: Uh, All right, I grew up on the low end, 47th in Michigan. It's 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 treacherous down there, but you know, it, it made me who I am today. So I'm always gracious for that. But I got it's it's I got five siblings including me. I got two sisters and three brothers, but I got some more brothers that I call my brother that's that's more loyal than than family members, and we grew up together, so. Like, we sandbox, so that's that's family too. But I ain't big on friends, because friends will get you a 100 years. Like, friends telling you, like, you know? So I ain't big on friends, but I had a I had a kinda high upbringing, but my mama, she made the best for us. So, you know, I'm, I love that lady to
0: death. You know, that's awesome. I actually got to meet not only your, a couple of your brothers here, but also your mom yesterday, and she's an incredible woman. You can yeah. tell that she is very strong, and she's Man. in charge. Superhero in charge, yeah. You can just tell by the way she talks, she's the one organizing, making sure everyone's doing what they got to do to keep that. Oh,
1: yeah, on. you know point. She, she a hero with a cape. I, she who I, who I want to be like,
0: that's that's who I want to be. So, uh, Zelly, where'd you go to school out there in Chicago in elementary? Where was your kind of your um, school? Where you spent the most of your years?
1: Uh, I spent the most of my years in Thor, it's a school in Hobby, because we got kicked, me and my sister. I got a twin sister, we got kicked out of CPS because. My sister was fighting it. Uh, she ended up stabbing a girl with a, like a spork, and they kicked us out of all Chicago schools, CPS schools. So, my momma trying to do the best for us. She moved us to the uh the suburbs, but I always found the way back to the city. You know, I was fascinated by that lifestyle.
0: Yeah. So you really like the kind of fast pace of the city, a little bit of the danger and wild side comes with it, huh? Yeah. I like a little, a little risky, a little edge, you know? Yeah. It <laughs> keep it exciting. Yeah. So, you end up leaving grade school. After you guys get moved out to the suburbs, you go to high school. Is that also out there in the suburbs? Yeah. Okay. So um, high school between Chicago and the suburbs, what are going to be your main differences? What would be the main difference between going to school in Harvey versus going to school at a CPS high school? Going to school in the CPS, you you know, we're in tour. it's a war zone, and we got, like,
1: a lot of ups. So we could we, we fighting at the school, in school. You know shootouts, all type of stuff, but out there, Harvey, they didn't know me. They just knew of me and stuff like I, right, he aspiring to be a rapper. I, right. he cool. I, he from the city. He don't know what's going on out here. Like the females was flocking to me, but like some of the some of the guys, the the dudes and stuff like the 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 local little people who run their little city or whatever, they was flocking to me too. Like we ditching school. You know, going to smoke, all that type of stuff, because the females in the burbs, they had take care of you, like, own house car crib, but the ones in the city, like, some of them may have it going on. They, like, want to be on the block with us and stuff.
0: Yeah, so, Zelly, what do you think's going on with our, with our systems in Chicago? Why is it so dangerous for the kids to just go to school? Why is it that every single family I sit with knows somebody who's been killed by a gun? Like, what's going on in Chicago, and what do they need to do to change it? it's real treacherous and
1: then you know, we, we CPDK,
0: we don't trust the law
1: and then we uh, take matters in our own hand. Like, cause the police, they, they for self, they, they ain't doing nothing for us and stuff like that. They, they the same ones that bring us down or kick us while we down or want to pull us over for nothing during this pandemic. Like you see how they just did uh, George Floyd or Rashawn Brooks. It's like, it's real crazy. Like, we can't we can't help them like y'all supposed to serve and protect but
0: y'all y'all killing us too right yeah and that, that brings us to a great point there um you know we've got everything going on right now with uh police really being pointed out for uh police brutality bad decisions made by departments in the past so i know you've spent eight years in a prison so what's the treatment like from officers while in prison when doors are closed cameras are off what are you guys dealing with in there man this it's it's real rough like the food is horrible
1: like i changed my whole way of eating i don't eat red meat or swine i eat all chicken because like the stuff you will see in uh, it'll make you change it like they got some type of meat called soy meat like if you eat it it mess your reproduction system up in it uh it'll like give you man boobs and stuff like that but that's what they feeding us every day so you we ain't eating that and then like the COs, they they like beat us like jill supposed to be this little image on tv like when you go to the hole you naked and this and that but they don't they amaze you leave you with mace like two three days on like they treat you like real dogs they and then I was in the worst joint, the racist joint. It's called Pickneyville. It's by St. Louis. And it's K-59. That's why I did most of my years. I did like
0: almost six years down there. So it's, it's crazy down there. So let's take this back, man. So eight years ago when you first got arrested and you're sentenced to do, you know, eight years in prison. How old were you at that time? I was 17 at the, uh, at the time. So you're 17 years old. So let's talk a little bit about how you got arrested in the first place. So you told me the story, and it makes me sick, you know. But let's let's take it back. Give us a little bit of background. What happened right before that event that led to you and ending up with charges? Well, we uh, right before that, we was me and me and my rappy, my uh, one of,
1: one of my homies. We was playing Call of Duty and stuff like we just in the crib put up and stuff, and then some some guys hit him up. Talking about like like a little, a little gun trade or whatever. So me being a good friend that's that's rocking with him and stuff. Good morning, pops. Me being a good friend that's rocking with him because me and him was just together. I, if I didn't go, he would have died. Cause the the dudes who who supposedly robbed me, they told the state's attorney like our intention was to rob and kill them. So that was another technicality that helped me. Like, oh, this what y'all and, and like y'all plans was. This was y- what y'all intentions was. So we uh, end up going to like a little meeting spot, but they didn't know I had my, my blick on me or whatever. So they uh, up their guns, tried to shoot or whatever. And then I end up getting the upper hand and shooting back at self defense. So, you know, that's a blessing in itself, but I still had to do a lot of time for the gun, the gun charges, but none of the guns was even mine. It's just a whole episode. Cause the SWAT team kicked my mama do. I had my wounded picture going around and all this, but I'm glad it's over with because if I would have stayed on the run now, nah, I'd still be running, you know, and I ain't good
0: at running. I don't, I
1: don't like running.
0: Yeah, nobody wants to have to keep ducking out all day, right? Looking over their shoulder. That so costs a lot of money. 17 years old, you go up for a gun swap, uh, ends up going bad. Those guys' intentions are to rob you, leave you for dead, take mm-hmm. the guts. You end up having a gun on you. In self-defense, you shoot them, so you're good to go. You actually get to go home, but then SWAT or a SWAT figures out where you are, they kick in the door, they take you in for arrest. Yep, yeah, because his homie, his homie gave them everything they needed to know. His homie told
1: on me. He he soaked, act like he from the streets. He knew he couldn't leave it in the streets, so he couldn't catch me in the streets, because I don't do no lacking loaf loafing. Huh? I'll be two on point. So he he figured like, oh, I can't catch him in the streets, so let me put him in jail. Whole time, he wrote
0: seven statements on me, you know? Wow. Okay, so they had a little bit of help to kind of get you in trouble there. So you were, if anything, uses the black sheep, the guy to put all the blame on and get them out of trouble because you were the one who fired the weapon even though you were just there to help out. Basically. And then they didn't get no time, but I got
1: time. Whole time, certain laws in Chicago, like if me and you together – and you down on my watch, I'm accounting for your murder because we came together.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay, so... Different story with him. You get sentenced and you get charged with um, weapon charges, not murder, not manslaughter, weapon charges. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was supposed to be been a robbery. They put the robbery on me and unlawful sales of a firearm on me. So robbery and unlawful sales of a firearm both charges on you and they give you eight years of your life at the age of 17 for that.
1: Yep. and then that wasn't all the charge. I had, they charged me with mob action cause it was a lot of us. I didn't even know them. Then I had armed violence. Armed violence is drugs and guns.
0: Cause they tried to say I had drugs to protect my guns. No drugs. Wow. And at the age of 17, man, you'd think that they would be a little easy on you. 17-year-olds making wild decisions, but they get—they decide to give you eight years. So, I mean, Zelly, that's got to make you right around uh, 26 now, 25? Yeah, 25 years of age. So the amazing thing is, man, you're still really young. You got the rest of your life ahead of you, and you have had a lot of time to think. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of people, they don't take that time to think. So I've always wondered to myself, Sally, when someone is locked up and they know that they're gonna be spending eight years uh, consistently, um, back to back, you know, just sitting there thinking, what are some of the things that you meditated on, some things that you thought of, some things that you were just kind of thinking deeply about while you were in that time? I was thinking like, why I went wrong get Like, I
1: played chess, so, and at that time I was playing checkers cause I was just, just running the streets wild, you know? But now nah, I'm glad, like, I don't, I don't regret nothing I did. Uh, I don't want to backtrack on those situations because I don't, I'm, like, my life open. I ain't got nothing to hide or nothing. My name ain't bad. I ain't ever told them nobody did nothing before or nothing. So I don't really got, I don't got nothing to hide. It's, my, you could look it on Google. All you got to do, type my name. But, like, just getting rehabilitated, like, when I first went to jail, ain't nobody showed me no, like, no survival guide, like, when you in the shower, you got to have shower shoes on, how commissary work, how visits work, like, how to get on the phone, because the county, it's a jungle within itself. It's a world within itself, like, and yeah, where you go, you fighting, like, court, you fighting, the people, the, the, the guy murdered his family in that, so, you know, they, they want their revenge, they just know they love when going, so, I'm going to court, having to fight, going to healthcare, having to fight, CERMAC is what they call it, like, stuff like that, but, it just, it just made me who I am today. Like, how my man said he is, it's, it's crazy because I, I think about stuff that I ain't used to think because
0: I ain't really care about life. All right. So, Zelly, now you get towards that end of that eight years. Um, you know your, your your release is coming up. Let's say it's the day before your release. What's going through your mind at that point? Man, I couldn't
1: sleep. I was like, man, it's crazy. Even though it, it kind of flew, but I, I still remember it vividly. Like I remember laying on that bunk vividly, like eight years on the bunk, a slab, like a piece of concrete. I remember that. That's why I'm so, so gracious, gracious. Like, you know, I know where I came from. I know like my mindset, I know what I'm I'm achieving to be. Cause if I put my mind on something, I'm gonna I'm achieve it. Cause I ain't gonna stop until I do it.
0: That's awesome, man. So. You know, you've kind of been uh, in, in a cell basically for the last eight years, so you haven't got to see what society has been changing into, what 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 is even out there anymore. So you get released, you're out those doors, you go home. Obviously, we're talking about yesterday, you are unfortunately still on house arrest. So you, you, you can leave the house, but only between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., right? Yep, I got 7 to 7. So how did you manage? Because there's a lot of people that may be in a similar position as you um, where they've got, unfortunately, a charge like that. And it's hard for them to find employment. How did you manage to find employment so fast after being released? Finding employment is just you got to apply yourself. Everybody
1: be like, no, I'm a parolee. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm a, I'm a felon. They ain't getting out jobs. But all the time they got programs just for felons, like, Uh, The program on me is actually for only fellas. It's a waste mutualist it's it's dumping garbage and stuff like that. Even though you're gonna smell like garbage, you know the money gonna add up regardless, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, the money still smells the same. (laughs) It still smells the same, you you smell the same. Awesome, man, I'm glad to hear that you're able to work. But you know, the work, that's more of a side thing for you. You're really focused on on being a musician and using your talents in music, right? So tell us a little bit about your vision with uh, music and with your uh, rap career. Yeah, I, uh, I'm
1: aspiring to be music mogul. You know, I'm uh, I'm, I'm very talented. I just I'm finna drop two mixtapes, probably like around August, some like that. I gotta find these DJs that I'm have hosted and a couple video men to shoot the videos, cause I wanna do some performances at the clubs and stuff. Cause by the end I'll be off house arrest, but the world on lockdown during this pandemic, so. This just gave me more time to uh, sit at home and write music. I'm just laying on so much songs in jail. I wrote over probably like 500 songs, so wow. I got a I got a notebook full of stuff. I got a lot of love heat. Like they mess with in in jail, so I know they gonna mess with it in the world. They call me they King Zelly. Get on the door and hit that song and stuff. When I was on Seg the whole, so I know the world they gonna they gonna like this. And then I got a real story. People be rapping about mm-hmm. fake stories and what they seen they homies did and stuff. So. I got a real story. I got a, I got a label right now. Uh, it's called GOGL, Grind and Get Lost Entertainment. And, and we going crazy. My uh, my brother T-Money just dropped his uh his mixtape called Deep Blue Sea on uh iTunes. And it's, it's, it's getting a lot of reviews.
0: That's awesome, man. We're glad to hear it. We're looking forward to hearing from you. You know, as soon as that mixtape gets dropped, let us know. We'll get the word out as well. Because we would all like to hear what you've been working on for the last eight Here's- years, man. There's got to be some great stuff in there. Yeah, you know, you my boy. You're going to be in tune with everything. When I get on, we on. I love to hear it, man. I'd love to see you perform live in the future, too, man. That'd be cool to see from, you know, being locked up at 17 years old to now being in stage in front of people doing what you love to do, man. That's what it's all about right there, is that growth that we get to to face as humans, you know? That ain't no secret. That's what we, what we striving to be. So Zelly, like we were talking about earlier, man, we've just had the George uh, or the George Floyd uh, murder. You know, it's really what it was. So we're now seeing all these protests in the streets, and unfortunately, along with the protests, who's also seen a lot of people going on, going out and riding and t- kind of taking advantage of the situation. So, man. tell me a little bit about what you think as someone who's out there living, you know, in Chicago. What you think about first off the protests, and then second off. The people that are actually going out there and rioting. Man, I, I came home at a at a crazy time because I just came
1: home May 29th. And it it makes probably exactly like three weeks on the ahead or something that I've been out. So I came home, all I'm seeing on the news is looting and riots. Like they've just messed the city up. Like then it don't make sense because why why would you tear your city up and not once everything open? It's going to be like none, none, no, no businesses, none. But the world just went crazy. That's like when I was in uh, Pickneyville, the joint, I was telling you about uh, it was the situation with Mike Brown. and yeah, um, They was going crazy down there where we was that We was actually on lockdown because we next door to St. Louis and we
0: couldn't even come out because they scared we going to come out and uh, ride over the uh, situation. Yeah, pretty unbelievable, huh? How we can uh, go from a civilized society, you know, uh, where everyone's walking in line, waiting in line to pay at the front register, (laughs) so all of a sudden we out here in the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Crazy how times change like this. Yeah. And you probably came out, you seen all the riots, you're like, you know what, man, maybe being in there wasn't so so bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially at the end. Then what's crazy, we was on lockdown because of the COVID. We only was coming out an hour a day because I was in max 23 and 1, so... It's like within that hour you got to get in the shower, get on the phone, you, if you play cards, play cards or whatever, but that hour, you know, it's
0: so much brain out I left in the cell. 8 years in the cell. The the it's crazy. That's unbelievable. So you're spending 23 hours in the cell, you get 1 hour during COVID to do everything else that you got to do. Yep, we've been on this since we
1: we was on this since March. So March into May, that's them them made my last little days long. I'm like, dang, when is it gonna be over? And then I don't really watch TV. You tired of TV. Eight years on the TV, the little idiot box. I'm I'm tired of TV, but I hear my tablet to listen to the new music and take me from that and probably remix
0: songs just to stay up the pop. Awesome, man. And then uh now speaking of COVID, uh since we brought it up here, what do you think about uh COVID nineteen? and what the media has told us what it is, do you think it's as bad as it's being portrayed as? Do you think it's been over-exaggerated? Do you think it's being used for something else? What are kind of your views on COVID? My personal
1: aspect, I think, it's being viewed like, I think, like, we should take a serious, like, do the social distancing, but I think, because they ain't find no cure for cancer or AIDS, so I think they mix both of them together and they just put this out there because you got to think, Trump, Trump, he trying to win. So I think he 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 just put this out there in the air because during this whole pandemic, the world killing each other. He could have been out here. I wouldn't say hands on because J.B. Prisca, he been out here hands on, but he could have did more. He in Virginia playing golf like ain't nothing happening.
0: Yeah, kind of strange, isn't it? They're telling us yeah. it's so dangerous. We can't leave the house. But then we'll see our actual politicians out having dinner at a bar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, who should be supposedly staying home, you know. Yeah, I mean? And
1: they not they not practicing what y'all preaching. Y'all are saying social distancing, but y'all are together. But that's why it's it's a thing called karma. Cause Trump just hit a rally, uh, I think like yesterday or something in Tulsa. But whole time, like, majority of his staff got uh got the got the COVID now. I seen it on the news. So they say the world finna go back on lockdown.
0: Yeah, it's very strange, huh? Uh, yeah. But, you know, wh- one thing I did notice also is with the protests, nobody was trying to shut down the protests due to COVID, right? Nope. You didn't even hear about COVID nope. with the protests. But then you get something like uh, people finally going out to bars, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're going to have a resurgence of COVID because everyone's going out to the bars. It's like, yeah. okay, no one, I mean, when we got the protests and hundreds of thousands of people out, nobody mentioned this, but we get thirty people together at a bar, and it's <laughs> gonna put us back into a shutdown. You know, yeah, that's, it don't make sense. Yeah, it's a really strange time to be in the United States for sure. Yep, yeah, that's crazy. Like it don't make sense to me. If something ain't adding up, they got they got some plan. And
1: if we ain't if we ain't smarter, intelligent about our decisions, it's gonna cost us. Cause that stuff wiping people out. I, if you look at the death total, I was like,
0: man. Yeah, because I think uh, the, state, the state of death total is over 100,000 now in the United States, right? But uh, I don't know if you've heard much about it. Um, a lot of people are actually stating that even if you die of, say, a heart attack or if you die of cancer, if your body tests positive for COVID-19, they're counting it as one of those COVID-19 deaths. Yeah, and that don't make sense. Right, and they're trying to inflate those numbers, so... Maybe there is a conspiracy there that we're not too sure about yet, but uh, it is a crazy time to be around. And then before we wrap up here, King Zelly, it's been awesome to have you on, man. Uh, there's a couple more questions that I have for you. All right, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, I appreciate it. You know, it's no time anything for you, my boy. I appreciate you taking this time with me, man. You know, a lot of people, uh, they're not willing to share their story like you are, you know, so for you to wear it out on your sleeve, the people greatly appreciate it. You know, there's a lot of people who will never know what it's like to, to be King Zelly, but they get did get a little bit of a, a taste of it today.
1: You know? Uh, you know, I appreciate it. Just
0: stay tuned for this This ride this way when we finna, we finna do it for real. Sounds good to me, King Zelly. So, King Zelly, one story from your eight years in prison that, you, that really stands out to you that you remember is like, man, that's kind of a crazy story that I got from this. Do you have one? Yeah, uh,
1: I got a lot of fighting stories. So uh one of the stories we was uh we was on deck and uh it was it was like my phone time and we ain't had no phone. So some dude trying to like stay on the phone like cause they give you 30 minutes. After the 30 minutes you gotta hang up and then call back. So it's with security. So he tried to double click, that's what it's called. So before he double click, we end up whooping them like rolling them like that's what they, that's what we call it in the county, because it's like you're trying to go. If if I feel like you're trying to go on me, I got to, you know, because I ain't never been no goofy in jail in the world. So that's like if if I tell you you after to me on the phone, but I I do 60 minutes instead of an hour, your turn skip, So it's on the next person. And now you without a phone. So now you're going to be mad feeling some type of way like, no, nah, he just went on me. No, nah, I ain't going like that.
0: But so basically, he was trying to steal your phone time with your family. You had to teach him a little bit of a lesson.
1: Yeah, I had to. I had to crash his car, man. I'd be trying to be, you know, I'd be trying to be humble. But certain people make you get out your element.
0: So were you uh, in fights
1: pretty often while you are in prison? Yeah, I was in a lot of fights. You know, we got a lot of ops. We run the city. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of... One of the biggest games that we got the city right now, like the Black Disciples, you know, Chief Keith, Lil Durk, all of them, they, they set the city on fire, but I'm, I'm, you know,
0: I'm a Black Disciple, my I blood of Lil dark. Nice, man. So yeah, I just started picking up some fight classes, man. I mean, you're gonna have to do some, a little bit of sparring so you can teach oh, you I, about that street fighting.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I got you, I got you. I'm gonna be the Arizona week, come do some shows down. I got a slide on my board. You know I'm out here in Illinois, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm out here uh, just
0: outside the city.
1: Uh, I bet. You know, I, I, I can't leave Illinois, but, you know, it's it's ways around everything. You know, the, they ain't got to know that. <laughs>
0: All right, man, last thing before I let you go here. So you're fresh out the box, man. You have a brand-new perspective on life. I'm sure you appreciate it more than you ever have before, and I'm sure you realize how big of a deal it is to have that opportunity to be out there and be free. So uh-huh. what is one impact or one influence that you want to have On our world moving forward, now that you are a free man, I just want to be, you know, legendary. I
1: just want to be a household name, like like somebody who, like who who was doing good. Cause I do bad. I mean, I'm a I'm a I commit sins. Everybody commit sins, but long as my good outweigh my bad, I think I think you could make it in life like that. Cause that's how I was in like in prison. That's how I call my blessing. Like I used to. Do bad in the streets, but every time I see homeless people, I get them money. Or I see like the kids in Chicago beating buckets and stuff. They got a little group that beat buckets for money called the Bucket beaters. I get them money, and my mom be like, "Why you get on money every time?" I'm like, "Ma, it's just something in my heart. I got to." So, as long as you're good, I wear your bad.
0: I think you can make it in life. I love that answer. That's a great thing to say there. And Zali again. We greatly appreciate you spending your time here with us, sharing your story, man. And we're looking forward to that mixtape that you're going to have dropping soon and listen to those 500 songs you've been working on, man. So thanks for being all here. All
1: right. No problem, my boy. Be safe out here in the uh, Quarantine. <laughs> Will do. All right.